1: Welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, the Shoreline Publishing podcast, uh, where we talk to authors about their books that are coming out or just released or whatever the case may be. And today, we're very lucky to have Brett McCallum, a very busy man. G'day, Brett. How are you going?
0: Yeah, good, champion. How are you doing? Not bad. What do you know? Mate, no lots, no lots, no little. Just do what I'm told. Much Beautiful. easier way to live. Absolutely. Uh, we're here to talk about Embrace
1: the File, which is your new one coming out in about two weeks' time.
0: Excellent. It's very exciting. Uh,
1: it is very exciting. What can you tell me about it?
0: Mate, it's actually a a re-release uh, through Shoreline Publishing with a few extra chapters. I released a book a couple of years ago, and "Embrace the Fail" is pretty much my life story. Um, and it also tells about how I'm not the only person that uh, that's failed in life, and then how you bounce back from that, etc. It goes through so the ups and downs of of me, my uh, my life, and hopefully people can sort of. Uh, Link that back to any of their heroes or anyone else in their life. Um, I do that by going through my ten top heroes in life and how they all stuffed up as well. And then we sort of went from there.
1: It's amazing. The whole concept of failure is a really good one, I reckon. I'm a big believer in you know the, the old uh, the old energy that you know failing is the first attempt in learning and all those sort of things that you come yeah. across. Like, and you look at someone like Michael Jordan, for example, who's had uh, what three three hundred games he's lost, he's missed thirty thousand shots, but he's still the greatest of all time. Is it sort of what you're looking at as well?
0: Yeah, 100%, mate. He's actually in the book, uh, Michael Jordan, Mark Ocalupo. You look at Mark Ocalupo as well, 16 years old when he first hit the professional tour, was world younger, one of the youngest world champions ever, and then found drugs and found the, the wrong path and then bounce back and won another world title later on in life. And you look at people like that that uh, have done that. Michael Jordan, as you mentioned, a massive basketball fan, um, and still to this day, he's, he's a multi-billionaire in business as well, outside of the whole basketball piece. It's uh, That's the sort of the come comebacks that we like. So what was the inspiration to write this? Uh, mate, it's funny because I do a bit of public speaking and I talk to people about um, – uh, my my life and the pattern that I've gone through uh, and the way that I learned um, more recently than previously is that um, take responsibility for your actions and if you own them, then you can move forward with life. I've, I've been up, I've been down, I've made, I retired the first time when I was 31 years old. Uh, I lost all that at 31 and a half um, because I got bored and made stupid decisions. And if you look at it from that point of view, this happens to so many people um and that um I just thought I'd put it on paper and make myself feel better about it. <laughs>
1: That's a good way to do it.
0: <laughs> and and it comes to my next
1: question, actually, which um you in your media kit you talk about the book, uh you talk about writing from the heart, not the head. Is that um part of the cathartic process of what you were going through?
0: Oh hundred percent, mate. What what I learned early on is to trust your gut um and not trust your brain, because if you trust your gut and your heart, then um, things work out for the better, whereas if you actually think about stuff too much, uh, like exactly like this podcast, I, uh, I learned about it this morning that we're we'll jumping on here and I'd rather <laughs> talk straight off the cuff because uh, that's me, you get the real me and that's the same way we wrote the book. I'd like to ask you about a, a phrase,
1: uh, the meaning of a word with different context, it's something your mum used to say, I understand.
0: Yeah, uh, what what does that actually mean? Well, man, the, the best example I've got of that is uh, I'm not sure whether I can swear on this podcast, I'll try not to. It's very hard for me, but it's <laughs> um, but my mum used to say to me, like, um, you can call someone a bastard, or you can say, How are you going, you old bastard? There's two different ways you can, have, you can say one with hate in your voice, you can say one with love in your voice, and it's just two completely different ways of saying the same word. Um, so I look at it from the point of view of the tone and the way that you actually talk to people is really important in life.
1: Is this a follow-up book to the recent um, Kids were Born Assholes?
0: Yeah, it is actually. And the thing, that's <laughs> one of those other things about my life. I've got lots of children. I've got four kids and an amazing wife. And uh, uh, we, we learn different things as we go through life. And uh, the fact that... I want my kids, um, they're still not allowed to to read the the, the book yet um, because my wife is not up for that. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's quite funny. They ask me on a daily basis, can we read it? Can we read it? And so I think we're pretty close to uh, to letting them, uh, and I think when it gets released in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to uh, give them a copy and say, well, this is dad's life, this is what he's done. Um, they all see me as a very successful person. They don't know the background. They don't know the history and all the stuff ups I've had, but it was okay to fail when I bounce forward. So on the subject of kids and and the
1: backstory and the history, how hard is it to tell that story to them so they can get a sense of who you are, but keeping it age-appropriate so they can understand it properly?
0: Uh, Yeah, that's a really interesting question because one of the things is that in my house uh, age-appropriate is very important to us, but Mm -hmm. at the same time... they get to see stuff on a daily basis, like social media, all that sort of stuff. My uh, my youngest son, who is nearly 13, still doesn't have any social media, doesn't have access to that sort of stuff. His brother, who's nearly 14 and a half, just got TikTok. So we have really strict rules based around that. And uh, the, the fact that um, we have those rules and that's what we live by, um, they all know it and they, they know what the rules are. They know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. They've got older sisters. They saw what happened to them, and uh, that's how I believe your parent, and that's my opinion, and that's the way that uh, we do things. Yep, that's fine. That, that makes perfect sense to me,
1: and we're very similar with our kids as well. Um, is this, is Embrace the fail a self-help book, or is it a memoir?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. A bit of both. It's actually a self-help to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you look at it from that point of view every now and then, I'll just... Um, I'll just look at the the words on the paper and and give myself a bit of an uppercut and say look you know, you don't do that you've done that you you learn from that uh and you make fair so yes it is a self-help book for me is it a self-help book for others I hope so in a way I I don't want to be known as a self-help person I just want to know I'd be known as a person that's put my words on paper and if you want to read it I hope you enjoy it because the way I write is exactly the same way I talk
1: What's the, what's the big point of difference with this book? If you were wandering into the bookshop and you saw yep. Embrace the File on the Shelf, what would make you go, hey, that, that actually looks pretty good. That's got a point of difference. What would that be?
0: Uh, I think it's two things. One is very conversational. So from that point of view is if we were sitting in a pub together having a beer, it would be exactly the same words that would come out my mouth that are actually on the paper. Um, The second one is that it's okay not to go to university and those sort of things. It's okay to not do some of this stuff. Uh, I've succeeded in life because of that. The the thing is, if you're looking at at the cover, which I still amuse myself at when I look at what they've actually put on the front, um, because at one stage I was going to be an electrician, and there's a guy with big <laughs> that's has been electrocuted himself, and that's that's embracing the failure. But but the big thing is that just just the words on there that say failure is uh, debunks the idea that failure is bad and should be avoided at all costs. May I love failure? is the best thing ever to happen to people. Bounce back from it and move forward. How do you find the the
1: process of failure when it comes to learning? It, it's fundamental to the whole process, isn't it?
0: Oh, if it doesn't happen, then you don't learn. But I mean, look at look at an athlete. An athlete trains every single day. If they don't stuff it up one day, they're not going to know that they can get better. They're not going to know that they can do that in business. My my biggest thing is if you don't fail at least one business in your life, then how do you know the difference? How do you know that what success actually is or what tastes like? And it uh, it's really interesting. Like one of the other things that changed my life back in 2000. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was by Robert Kiyosaki Mm -hmm. and one of the best books ever written. And I highly recommend anyone reads that book. Um, I know we're talking about my book here, but Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad changed my life. And the reason it changed my life is because, firstly, it's very conversational, but secondly, is the fact that um, it teaches that the failure is okay. It teaches that money is used in a certain way. And if you use money in a certain way, you succeed in life.
1: Is it, um, in terms of failure, and I'm just fascinated by this topic, so we're probably not talking about the book as much, but I'm just fascinated no, by the topic fine. of failure. Um, the, the idea that, um, you know, do you hedge your bets a little bit to try and prevent failure, or is it more a, a
0: balls and all attempt to go and, and have a crack and make the most of opportunities? I mean, there's there's two types of people in the world. There's doers and there's gunners. There's so many people that are there that are gonna do this and gonna do that and gonna do this. And it was their idea first of putting little pictures on the internet and I would have owned Instagram. And then there's doers who actually have actually put their balls on the block and had a crack. And that's me, I just have a crack at stuff. I have a, a very different approach to that nowadays. Uh, in the fact that I look at it a lot more than just having a crack. But at the same time, it's still the same thing. There's lots of people that uh, want to do this stuff and that don't because um, they're scared of the failure. Whereas to me, as long as you can limit and mitigate what that is, then that's really important.
1: Well, I think you're doing a great job of that. We're putting it uh, all out there and, and producing this book, uh, Embrace the Fail, which is available on the Shoreline Publishing po- uh, website, uh, shorelinepublishing.com.au, and search Embrace the Fail. You'll find Brett's book. Brett, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, and we look forward to talking to you
0: about the success of it later on. Excellent. Thanks, Champion. Appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.